welcome to the Park Road Podcast for June 23rd, 2019. Today's podcast is a sermon given by Amy Jacks Dean, co-pastor with Russ Dean at Park Road Baptist Church. Her sermon this morning is entitled, However Briefly. I've said it probably more than any other pastoral comment in my time in this work. It's perhaps my pastoral care mantra. There is only one way to make it through this life. Tears and laughter. Laughter and tears. It's even been the title of one of my sermons. And I thought, I'll just re-preach that one. No one will be the wiser. I don't even remember what I said. (laughs) But I wrote something new. It is the truest thing I know. Laughter may indeed be the best medicine, but I would say so are the tears. I have long believed that the reason tears are salty is because salt is a healing agent. Combine tears and laughter, and you have all it takes to make it through this life. So I wonder about people who can't cry. They have so suppressed their pain and emotions that a tear could not well up in their eyes if they tried. And then I think about people that simply just don't have much of a sense of humor. They're bitter or cynical or so serious that nothing seems funny to them. No, you will not die from an inability to cry, nor will you perish if you never crack a smile. But I question whether you can live fully if you are deficient in either or both. It's all about timing. So the preacher of Ecclesiastes says, this is perhaps the most well-known part of all of Ecclesiastes, this beloved list of things for which there is a proper time. The topic of time was a favorite with wisdom writers. Time, according to these wisdom prophets, marched strictly to God's command. But not here, not in Ecclesiastes. In these verses, God plays no explicit role in setting the seasons and the times. In this passage, the preacher does not say why things occur at their appropriate times. They just happen. The first item on the list a time to be born and a time to die, that might even seem like it's out of human hands, but so often it is not out of human hands. All of these things are human choices. So the wise person's task, evidently, is to know when the right time has come so that you can act appropriately. It's all about timing. For today, it's about knowing when it's time to laugh and when it's time to cry and when it's time to mourn and when it's time to dance. But by all means, you must incorporate some of both into the living of your days. Disappointment, death, fear, loss, rejection, anger, Woundedness, 
loneliness, pain, suffering, anxiety, tears are an appropriate response to all of those words. And what about when you hear words like cancer, inoperable, malignant, metastasis, radiation, chemo, experimental trial, terminal. These words should make you cry. And what about when you hear phrases like, I want a divorce, you're fired, we need to talk, those are the worst. (laughs) Or, there's nothing else we can do. Or, I'm leaving, here's your eviction notice, we're leaving the church, that one gets me every time. I will never forgive you. We need to evacuate. Take shelter. We're on lockdown. Active shooter. These phrases make me want to cry. Some of you have heard them up close and personal. Some of you have said them. And yet so many people work so hard to keep a stiff upper lip. Be strong and brave. Don't let them see your weakness. I've got to be strong for the children. Anything but showing the emotions of sadness, grief, pain, and mourning. And if by chance a tear leaks out of your eyes, you begin to apologize immediately. Ask for a tissue and take a minute to pull yourself together. Because we equate tears with weakness. Some of the strongest people I know cry easily and often. And I would say that even if Russ were here. (laughs) There is a time to cry. Use that time wisely. Do not squander it or stifle it. But let the tears flow as a healing, salty balm down your face. Sometimes a good cry is as helpful as a session with your therapist. And way cheaper. One of the best sessions I've ever had with my therapist was the one where I cried a solid 50 minutes of our hour together. I needed a safe space to do it. He essentially told me nothing He just let me cry. He didn't stop me. He didn't try to stop me. He didn't try to help me. He didn't try to make it better. He just let me cry. And then there have been other times in my life when I have wailed. And I did it when I was alone because I didn't think other people could handle it. Not even those closest to me. And I didn't want anyone to try and calm me down and pat my back and tell me it was going to be okay. I just needed to be able to wail and get it all out. And I was the only person I knew that would let me do that. So I did. And I felt so much better afterwards. And nothing had changed. My father had still died. My nest was still empty. My feelings were still hurt. 
How did those tears help? Because there was a time to cry and a time to mourn, and I used my time wisely. Romantic comedies, you know, the rom-com. Comedy Central. Pandora's Comedy Station, though some of it is inappropriate and you have to fast forward to the next comedian. (laughs) The Circus. The Water Park. Blooper Reels, both sports and movies. I hated the TV show The Office. Our sons loved it. I just didn't think it was funny till I watched their bloopers. And now I'm in love with every character because I've seen them mess up and not be able to get through a scene. And now it's one of my favorite shows. Dad jokes. A pile of puppies. When other people's children throw a tantrum in public. (laughs) Engagement parties. Facebook memes, retelling old family stories in the company of family, even though everyone in the family knows the story intimately, and you keep telling the same old story every time you get together, where everyone's able to jump in and fill in the missing pieces because you're laughing so hard that you can't get it out. Family videos where people have terrible mishaps and no one gets hurt. I bet I've watched the one where the man's going to drive his motorcycle up a ramp and into the back of his truck 25 times. The first attempt, he doesn't make it up the ramp. So he backs the motorcycle down, takes off his jacket, throws it down into the mud. He tries it again. Tries to go up the ramp. He doesn't have enough steam, so he comes back, and he circles back around out of the camera's view so he can get a better head start. You can see it coming a mile away. (laughs) And sure enough, he gets enough steam, and he goes flying up into the back of the truck. The tire hits the back windshield. It stops. The motorcycle stops abruptly. The man goes flying over the cab of the truck. The shoe goes off one way. He (laughs) lands on the ground, and he stands up in celebratory victory. (laughs) My brother sent me the video because he said, this is how I picture Russ putting his motorcycle in the back of the truck every time he does it. (laughs) Every single person in my extended family has watched the video individually. And then when we all get together, sometimes we pull it up and we watch it again. And inevitably, somebody will say, watch the shoe. It's going to go flying off to the right. (laughs) These are the things that make us laugh. Laughing doesn't just feel good, it's beneficial to your health. Research shows that a hearty chuckle can improve your immune system, lower stress, and even help you live longer. I hope when you leave here today, because I've actually seen a couple people wiping a tear, and I've heard you laughing, you could indeed come to worship and go home a healthier person. (laughs) I love to laugh. I love to make other people laugh. I think it's one of the best gifts is to be able to laugh. And to be able to laugh at yourself is a bonus. You know that feeling of smiling and laughing so much that your face honestly hurts and you have to take a break 
and kind of do like this to get the muscles back in before you start again. Our sabbatical, <clears throat> you know, it began with us almost dying, literally. It was a terrible car accident. It was terrible. But we haven't told how the sabbatical ended. So we're coming home from the lake. We had taken the trailer. Oh, gosh, this is too long of a story, but here's the story. We were doing some remodeling in our house and donating our sofa to the lake house. So on one of our trips through Charlotte, we took the sofa to the lake, so we had the big trailer. So we're coming home, last day of sabbatical, getting back on a Friday to come, get ready to be in worship Sunday. And so we had this big trailer, and it was empty, and the truck was, back of the truck was full. So we put the cooler and wrapped the strap around the handle. And then when we had the accident, we went across the street to Big Lots and bought one of those huge plastic bins that the top clips on. And we put all of our clothes in there from the camper because we didn't have suitcases with us. Everything was packed in the camper. So we just started living for six weeks out of this tub of clothes, shoes, everything was in it. You see where this is? It's like the motorcycle going in the truck. You see where this is going, don't you? So we have everything in it, and we, we would take a few things out every weekend to go to a baseball game. We'd come back. We'd get ready to come home. All of our clothes are in the tub. Russ puts it beside the cooler, straps it down, and we head off on our two-and-a-half-hour ride from Cross Hill, South Carolina, to Charlotte. Halfway is Chester. And if you ever pull anything, when you get halfway, you know you're supposed to stop and just get out and look. I mean, that's just a rule of pulling stuff. So we stopped, and Russ got out and just looked. I don't know what you're looking for. You're looking to see, is the thing still back there? And he comes around to my side of the truck and says, come look at this. Well, that, nobody wants to hear, come look at this. So I go back there, and there's the cooler strapped down. There's no tub. I mean, it's all of our clothes from the summer. And so I said, Russ, we have to go back and find it. And he said, Amy, do you really think that tub is just going to be sitting upright on the side of the road? I said, I don't know. I mean, we thought it could have happened 20 minutes outside of Cross Hill. So we turn around, and, we, and then you have to ride down the road with your eyes peeled, looking for the, and it's in the country. So we, anyway, we go back through Chester. And in about 15 miles, it was like a yard sale <laughs> for about 200 feet, all of our clothes, shoes, fire stick. I had I'd even taken some dishes, that, like serving dishes for a graduation party wrapped in a towel. When we unwrapped the towel, it was just like chalk dust. I mean, it was just... <laughs> And do you know, this is how you know sabbatical works. I could not stop laughing. <laughs> it was just so funny. You know, you, day one, you almost die. Day ending, you lose all your stuff in the middle of Chester. It was funny. But had I not been rested, it would have sent me over the edge. You know, I did take pictures, and I got, we got back in the car, and I got, oh, here's another little funny part of the story. So we'd pulled off, because we have this big trailer, we'd country road, two lane, and we'd pulled off in a place where the truck and trailer could be off the road, and Russ said, I'm just going to walk on ahead and get the stuff, but it was out of sight from where I'd pulled over. Well, just in front of me, and this isn't, there's no cell service in this part of Chester, 
And so <laughs> a truck pulls up and talks to him, and he gets in it. And then they ride on, and he's out of sight. And I'm going, <laughs> I mean, this is going to be the worst if he gets taken. So I pull back in the road, and I follow, and the truck had stopped, and they were picking up the stuff. But I did, I took a picture of his license tag in case. <laughs> He ran off with Russ, and then I took pictures of the scene, and I was just laughing. I get back in the truck, and I start to post it on Facebook, and then I said, I don't think I'm going to do it. It's, just, it's too much. It's too much. I'm not going to do it. Did you find everything? We found every single thing. One shoe of his, one of his dress shoes, was on the other side of the road and had clearly been run over. So we found it, but it is in the trash. There's a time to laugh and a time to dance. And I used my time wisely. Having found tears, one ancient writer says, preserve them with all your strength. They are precious pearls of wisdom formed in a heart distressed by the grit of human suffering and salved by the grace of God's own weeping. When it's time to cry and grieve, may the tears flow freely. I read this story. One Sunday in church, a woman received communion in her motorized wheelchair. After the service, she was in line in her wheelchair to meet the clergy to speak. It had been a particularly festive worship service where young voices had read the psalm and there was a parade of children and youth bringing in canned goods and boxes of food for a special offering. Communion was especially meaningful that day. And looking up at the pastor from her wheelchair with wide eyes under the brim of a wondrous straw hat, she exclaimed, didn't we dance today? If you can dance from a wheelchair, then you know when it's time to laugh. And sometimes you laugh until you cry. We should learn to feel fully all that we are meant to feel, the good and the bad, the joy and the sorrow. It is what life is made of. We should not work to suppress these extreme of extremes of emotions because there's so much in life that should be celebrated and so much in life that causes pain. That is life. It's not what God sends us. It's what life sends us. And God has given us the ability to experience a wide range of emotions and experiencing those emotions fully will lead to a healthy life. The writer of Ecclesiastes knew that when he said, there is a time to weep and a time to laugh. But the bulk of our lives are lived in the mundane and routine everydayness of the in-betweens of joy and sorrow. Most of our days we are not crying. And most of our days, we are not laughing. Laughing, We are just regular old living. But when sorrow comes, however briefly, may you feel fully all that you are meant to feel. And when joy comes, however briefly, may you feel fully all that you are meant to feel. 
and there is a time for both, however briefly those fleeting moments are. Use the tears. Use the laughter. It's the only way to make it through this life. May it be so. Amen. We invite you to learn more about Park Road at parkroadbaptist.org. Park Road is a progressive faith community located in Charlotte, North Carolina, encouraging independent thought, community service, social justice, and interfaith understanding. Today's podcast was produced with production help from Hugh Ashcraft, Brian Smith, Bruce White, and Rich Dower. Our theme music was composed by Brandon Michael Williams. Thanks for listening today. Grace and peace to you.